Welcome everyone, you're tuning into Engaging Walk. My name is Drake, and at Engaging Walk, this podcast, we cover everything from marriage, relationships, whether it be conflict resolution, showing affection, intimacy, all that. So my wife normally is on the podcast with me, but she is pregnant and she's she's really, really pregnant at this point. So she's going to be on and off for the next few episodes here and there. She's definitely going to be popping in and out, uh, no pun intended. So... It's going to be a great episode. We're going to be talking about the ISS uh, film because my wife and I are very intentional about doing date nights. And one of our favorite date nights is doing a movie and a dinner. So I think, you know, going on the relationship portion, this is something that is really, really important is to always be dating. You know, it's so easy to get comfortable in a relationship. It's so especially after you've been dating for a while. Then you get married, you know, then you have a dog, you have a house, you have, you know, kids on the way, children. It can be really easy to just settle into that um, and to settle into that schedule and to settle into that life and no longer pursue, romantically pursue your, 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 your spouse, which I think is a really big mistake. So my wife and I are always very intentional about setting up date nights, you know, at once a week if, if our schedules permit, but definitely every other week. Even if it's something as simple as going out and getting getting boba, getting coffee, going out for dinner and getting you know, going to go see a movie, you know, cooking a rom- romantic dinner, anything like that is a great way or even what our podcast is about is going out on an engaging walk. Going out and just walking together, going to a new place. Uh, all of those things are really great. Great ways to maintain the connection, maintain the the freshness of the relationship, and doing new things really boosts your your morale, your your uh, your energy. You know, especially if you had like a long, crazy day at work. Uh, so, without further ado, we're going to be getting into this film. This was a film that my wife and I we weren't really too sure on. This, it's really difficult for us to find a film that we're excited to see uh, that isn't like a like a Pixar or, you know, like the last movie that we really enjoyed together was, I think it was like Sing 2. Uh, so, and I think there's just like a general decline in the quality of movies that are out in theaters these days, especially the last like decade or so. But nevertheless, we still make an effort to go out and go see new movies and see new films. So ISS, for those of you who don't know, or those of you who are you know trying to gather some more information, was a is a 2023 American sci-fi thriller. It was directed by Gabriella Cowperth Cowperthwaite Cowperthwaite. Okay, cool. And written by Nick Shafir. And uh, so the film stars Ariana DeBose, Chris Messina, John Gallagher, Masha Ma- Masha Mashkova, Mashkova, Costa Ronan, and Pilu Asbake. All right, cool. And um, so the the film doesn't really feature anybody that is like a a well known actor or actress. It's really in one location the entire film, which is really crazy. I just that, I just thought of that. This I mean it makes sense because the movie is about the International Space Station, and there's nowhere else for you to go, uh, but be stuck in the International Space Station. However. Sometimes in films like that, you might see like a 
a flashback to the character's past that might give you some more inclination or might uh, give you some more perspective on why the character acts a certain way. But this movie did not do that. I think to the film's benefit, actually, that was one of the great things about this film is that it really focuses in on the situation and then drives it home. And all you know is that feeling of being on the International Space Station. So going to talk a lot more about that uh, before we get into it and to the uh, review or the reaction. I want to talk a little bit about the plot. So right here, there's no spoilers. So if you are haven't seen the film yet, uh, you're listening on the plot. Here's the plot. The plot is that there is a group of American and Russian scientists on board the International Space Station. And a a new batch or, you know, because these, these scientists and our astronauts can't really be up there for very prolonged periods of time. They need to be like cycled in and out or new people introduced all together for research you know, because it, the, being up in the space station is actually really bad for these astronauts' health. Uh, health. The lack of gravity has serious impact on their bones um, their, because you, you're... Your body is accustomed to being constantly pulled down by gravi- by the Earth's gravitational pull. So not having that actually has severe consequences on, you know, for especially for prolonged periods of time, um, can have serious implications on the, the skeletal structure and other issues as well. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a very, it gives that, that distinct feeling of isolation. So... Yeah, so the, the the Russian astronauts are up there with the Americans, and there's a new batch of people coming in and out. And then during that transition time, there is a nuclear strike on Earth between, presumably, they don't really give any details about the war or the, or the um, nuclear Armageddon situation, but... From the astronauts' vantage point, all they can really see is that there is a tremendous amount of nuclear warheads being detonated on planet Earth. To the point where from the, um, you know, this is a little bit of a spoiler, is so heads up. It looks like all, from the vantage point of the, of the astronauts, it looks like all life on Earth is gone. I mean, with maybe the exception of like really remote places like Papua New Guinea Fiji, uh, Mariana Islands, the geographical locations that people are um, in, you know, clustered cities and whatnot, all, all of those continents look, look like they have been just completely destroyed, that it's, it went from green to, to red wasteland, just like, just like in Fallout, like the video games, um, so it's a it's a very scary sight for the astronauts and um, and that that this information actually becomes relevant to how they proceed because now at this point this is all spoilers so uh, if you if you want to rev- my review or our rev- or the the review from Engaging Walk podcast here it is from here on out now at this point the Russian astronauts and the American astronauts get messages from their respective governments that say uh, secure the space station at all costs and by, and by any means necessary. It's not clear why they, why their respective governments want the space station to be secured for their, their country. 
for their respective countries. But the orders come in nevertheless. Now, at that point, there is a series of like mistrust events, um, you know, uh, which is un- completely understandable because they both are basically aiming their guns at each other with no guns. And through a series of, of uh, events of sabotage, lying, and mistrust, there, there's like really no, um, no survivors other than the um, one American and one Russian. And uh, yeah, so from there, there's not really like any conclusion. There's just the fact that they both survive and... Um, yeah, so there's a there's a lot of like there's a lot of um, mistrust in that, and it reminds me a lot of like the like the Reservoir Dogs scenario, uh, the the um, the 1993 uh, I'm pretty sure 1993 the 1993 film from Quentin Tarantino, where that unknown about how the of who is who whose motives are what. And really drives home the violence that you see in the film and that you see bet- that erupts between the characters, even amongst Americans. So, like, the Americans start to distrust, distrust each other and the Russians start to distrust each other. And there's only three each. There's only six total, three Americans, three Russians. And, you know, the Russians have two males and, the, and the, uh, one female and the Americans have two males and one female. Now, at this point in the film... Um, I think that there's a lot of things that are just not coherent. One is that although the idea and the um, the presentation, the plot is very interesting because I love this idea of like, hey, this thing, major event happens on Earth. Here are these people that are in this space station. How are they dealing with the scenario? And they're not dealing with it well, as you can imagine. Now, one is... The Earth looks completely obliterated, like that nobody survived. And at this point, the only people that could presumably survive would be the respective governments that are in like really deeply reinforced bunkers. Now, from those bunkers, it doesn't seem like the space station would be their main priority. It seems like they would just kind of forget about the space station. Like there's nowhere else for you to go. Your priority, in other words, like there's so much radiation that's on the earth that you're going to be irradiated just being on the earth, like the surface level. So if these, if their respective governments are contacting them, then the last thing that they're going to be worried about, I think, I would presume would be the space station. It's not like the space station can be used as like a launching point to go to like Mars or, or, moon, or the moon or anything like that. It seems like their main priority is going to be survival or at the very least retrieving the um, the astronauts. Maybe they have some medical uh, scientific knowledge that that they need and that they don't want the the other side to have. So they're like, hey, eliminate those people and then come back to Earth. I think that would be the um the the, the strategy that they in real in the real world scenario if that was a if if this was a real world scenario. It's not. It's a movie, but just kind of like going into it. The but the implication that they gave, at least for the Americans, because we only really see the American side in terms of like what was transmitted to the ISS, was 
secure it with the implication that they needed it for something. Now, again, the the they're only up there doing research, you know. So it's, again, it's not an outpost that you know. It's like and it's not like a forward outpost. So it would seem to me like their main objective would be secure it, kill the Russians because we don't want the Russians having their their scientists, um, and we want you guys. And then the, the next. Um, the next objective would be very clear, which is we're standing by to um, to you know provide the ground control that the astronauts would need to come back. Secondly, so we don't we don't know any of that. That's this is all sort of in the dark, and I think it would have really propelled the the plot forward um, if they had given that objective uh, the objective beside just kill them. You know, and then secure the um, ISS. I think just one sentence would have done. You know, secure and stand by for. Um, you know, stand by for orders to. You know, make your way back to Earth. However, they they do that, and however they um they communicate that in the in the astronaut language <laughs> in their um in their jargon, if you will. So, once that transmission is posted, the astronauts take a very illogical approach. And I think, you know, this movie speaks to that distrust that can happen even amongst established partners. Now, these people live together for months and months and months at a time. And they, they're they in close quarters. And I can really relate to this a lot because I was in the Navy and I've been on deployments and you develop a rapport with the people that you're on these deployments with because there's nobody else there. There's nobody else there to entertain you. There's nobody else there to connect with. Um, so th- those people become your friends. And they become somewhere between friends and family to the point where you're like, you know, you're not like quite family, but you're you're not really quite friends. Like you eat together. You, you sleep in the same room. You know, you sleep like six inches away from them like, you know how close your racks are, especially if you're enlisted in the Navy. Um, and these astronauts are no different. They show their sleeping quarters. They go through great lengths in the film to show, and and especially in the first thirty minutes or twenty minutes or so, just like how close they are together and how much they rely on each other to do everything. So, in this scenario, it's it seems to me very unlikely that, given that command. Hey, just eliminate them. No other, no other information. And then, given the situation that they can visibly see, which is the Earth is destroyed, you know, the, the likelihood that they're going to actually need the International Space Station is very, very low. The probability, again, is that they most likely want these people, the, the astronauts, to come back, and maybe some kind of deal can be brokered. You know, we're like, hey, the Russian astronauts don't want to go back to Russia, or. I would presume that they don't, that they'd rather come back to America, but who knows? But at the very least, they don't have that information yet. All they know is the Earth's destroyed. The American government wants me to kill the Russians. We, the leader in that situation, the leader, the leader of the Americans, I, I think that he he didn't have enough information to go off. So at that point, I think he would have been best suited to let the Russians know what was transmitted, even though it was confidential. I think. 
they could also assume that they could also safely assume that they might be the only people left. Those six people might be the only people left because they go another like I think in the in the movie it's like another 12, 18 hours before they even hear anything else. So again, given what's what they've seen, that you might be the only humans left and that you're in this space station and you should survive there as long as you can and then maybe find a way, if you can, back to Earth together because six is a lot better than three, okay? And and then they're, they're very lucky that it's three females, three males because, oh, actually, it's, it's uh, four, I'm sorry, it's four males and two females. So <laughs> with that, you have methods that you can repopulate the earth. You know, the, again, the possibilities and the probability is very, very slim, but at least slim is better than zero. And yeah, and then you have at least uh, six really smart people that presumably, presumably could work together and then find a new way to hopefully reboot civilization if they were able to make it back to earth in a remote location where they are not going to be affected as much by the radiation or at least, you know, use scientific means to mitigate the, the radiation as much as possible. None of this happened. They, they basically all just go on a, on a, on a rampage. And then the Americans make a very critical error. And, um, so I'll tell you what the error is. And then I'll tell you like why this wouldn't actually happen. So in, in, in a real life scenario, having spent time in the military. Now, at that point, the Russians come to the Americans and they go, hey, there's an issue that happened with the antenna. We need you guys to go check it out. And then the Americans send their their, their leader by himself. He's their most capable, not just in terms of like mental acuity, but also in terms of physical strength. He's the most capable uh, male that they have on their team. And they just without any questions, without any follow-up questions, without having a Russian to go out there with him to provide some kind of collateral, they just send him out. And they even comment on it. They're like, well, it's kind of weird that the Russians don't aren't volunteering to help us or that they don't want to go out there themselves, you know? And then, but whatever, they just super passive about it. And then they just send their guy out and then the Russians sabotage him and or one of the russians rather sabotages him and send him sends him uh hurling off into space now he makes a uh, dramatic comeback later on in the film but you know this is a really unlikely scenario to ever happen one the distrust is already there they both can already assume that they've received the same orders because they both got something transmitted to them that in their languages that only was like essentially for, like uh, for your eyes only. Next, the most senior ranking person the, is not going to be going out to doing to be doing the most dangerous work in that scenario. And that's for a good reason. Not because they're like, oh, you know, I'm that that work is beneath me, beneath me. But in the military, like especially you know, this is this is I know I get it. This is not like like a military structure, uh, exactly. But it is actually kind of does mirror a military structure when you're working in these kinds of scenarios, because the most high-ranking person, the most 
capable person is one that's going to be calling the shots. And at that point, they're not really going to be the ones that will be like, yeah, I'm going to go out there. Um, because one, they just had a girl that just arrived there like two days ago, you know, and she's the lowest ranking person. Now, she's probably too new to be going out there, but there's also another guy that could go. And I'm pretty sure the Americans would insist on having one of the Russians go out and at least have follow-up questions as to what the issue was with the antenna. And generally speaking, I've worked, you know, I've worked on ships. Generally speaking, we do everything we can to troubleshoot something in the, sh- in the ship, or in this case, in the spacecraft, before we go out to the antenna. So just to say like, oh, there's an issue with the antenna, that's not really sufficient. Like, we'd be like, what kind of issue with the antenna? Like, what exactly happened to the antenna? What, what are the symptoms? Let me see what you're looking at. And we do that in the Navy, and we're like, you know, uh, we're not the brightest bunch. <laughs> These guys and ladies are the brightest of the bunch. So they they're not just going to go out to look out into the antenna i would assume but i think it's a pretty safe assumption without asking any of the follow up questions and without at least troubleshooting the issue in the house before going out into the antenna and just looking at it like you know but anyways so that was my other gripe with the uh with the movie and after that everything is like really action packed and like down you know and just kind of just spirals into like this Reservoir Dogs, you know, style like um, bloodbath. It's not. There's not like any like violent. Lang- uh, there's not any uh, really any foul language in the movie. It's just a lot of like intense violence that inc- that occurs in very small segments. So I think it actually, although it's rated R, they might have been able to get away. I think with getting it uh, having it rated PG thirteen, but maybe some of the um, the violent scenes were just a little too violent for. Um, you know, 13, 14, 15 year old kids, but you know, maybe I've seen, maybe I've seen worse. I'm not really sure, but yeah, I think maybe home alone is a little bit more violent than some of the scenes in this movie. So I think one could argue that it didn't really deserve the rated R uh, rating that it got, but that's neither here nor there. Anyways. So moving on with the movie, with the movie reaction, I think all in all, I would recommend the movie and, I think it was a is a good film with a with a lot of really great cinema. I wouldn't say that the cinematography was great, but they did do a great job of making you feel like you were in the space station with them. I love that they didn't ha- have any flashbacks. That there wasn't too many scenes from outside the space station, although the ones that they did do looked very real and were very intense, and really made again really provided that. They really move this idea forward that you were on the space station with them, observing it. So they did a plus on that. They did a great job of making you feel like you were there, um, and that you and everything from like the low, le- like the no gravity, like, the way the way that they did it was very, very well done. I was really impressed with that aspects of the film. The plot, the plot idea is very interesting, but the plot overall had a lot of holes in it. Uh, again, you know, you're watching a movie, you have to sort of suspend reality, but I think they did a little bit too much of suspending reality. 
but I think, and I think that really provided like there, there's other ways that they could have made the plot violent. And, <laughs> you know, if that's what they were going like, Hey, we want these violent scenes. We want like backstabbing all that. I think that they could have done that with more, um, how do you put, how do I put it? They, with more creative and more, lo- um, logic to the plot i get that you know there's not really a movie if like the the leader of the americans is like yeah let's work together we're the only we're probably the only people left you know i get that there's no movie like it's just like okay well we're just gonna live happily ever after and then this is not really like a sci-fi thriller i think that there's other ways that they could have provoked that um that distrust without that like really stupid sabotage of like the American going out by himself. I think, you know, maybe, and again, like they could have done without that whole scenario, like period. <laughs> I think that they could have played more into the, the transmission would have been really interesting more back and forth between the ground control and um, the Russians. I think that would have been maybe a really interesting way of like moving the plot forward is the you know the americans get one transmission and it says like stand by for more orders or disregard or then like revert back to original orders and like what what's going on and then um you know they uh they they're trying to like get their guy that knows russian to hack into the to the russian transmission and then they have a discussion you know there's so many things i think that they could have done to build up that suspense and still have that um, that distrust built in with the violent scenes that that drive home this idea of like you know even people that work together for so many years or months and what in such close proximity can develop that distrust from lack of communication. And I think that's what I'll wrap it up with is tie this back to engaging walk and relationships. Is what this movie really shows is how with a breakdown in communication and a breakdown of trust. Your relationship that is so built on even just survival can just melt away and evaporate before your eyes. And I think that's a lesson that we can learn in our romantic relationships with our partners is, look, we might be having issues that drive our trust apart. But if our trust is being driven apart, we still need at the bare minimum constant communication, connection to rebuild that trust and to maintain the connection via communication and communicating what our fears are and communicating what our way forward is. That's another thing that I think will um, really help people in that situation is just putting your cards on the table. Hey, I feel scared. This is what's going on, you know, Again, going back to that scenario where the um, I think, you know, if you if you're if you're looking at this not from like a, a movie perspective, as opposed to like a survival perspective, best chance for survival for them is the American, who seems to be the most uh, the 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 high ranking American there. That's you know he seems to be like their most natural leader. Uh, he he says to them, I'm pretty sure his name is Gordon, in the film. He says to them, to the Russians and to the Americans, hey, let's all gather around, talk about something real quick. Now, we just got orders from uh, ground control saying to eliminate you guys. 
Now, I don't want to do that. We don't have enough information moving forward right now to do that. I'm a patriot. I love my country. But right now, it doesn't look like there's countries left down there. So for all we know, right now, we might be the only people left. I'm sure that you guys might have gotten the same orders. If you did, let's put those aside for now and just work together to survive. It doesn't look good down there. Again, we might be the only six people left. So let's cooperate for now. If things change in the future, they change in the future and we will cross that bridge when we get there. But for right now, we do not have enough information to act on those orders. And I'm being fully transparent with you in order to have that reciprocated so that we can all work together to survive. Again, we might be, the, we, we might be humanity's only hope in order to do that. So let's put aside countries for right now and just work together to survive. If things change and we have more information to go off of and we might actually need to kill each other, let's save that for a later day when it becomes a real problem. Right now, the real problem is, are we going to survive? Every, almost everyone that we know, probably most likely everyone on earth is dead. So let's put that aside for now. And I think like that style of communication really speaks to leadership it speaks to like what is required to mend a relationship during a, a a trial like that and in relationships we face trials like that all the time it can be pregnancy it can be uh, childbirth it could be a loss of a job job transitions car breaks down you know my my wife and i are facing multiple of those isu- multiple issues like that right now but it doesn't drive us apart it's stressors and stressors can drive us apart, but they don't have to because the more that you maintain communication, the more that you talk these things through, the more trust is, is, is established. And we might do things here and there to break each other's trust or, um, you know, or at least give doubt, you know, maybe not fully break the trust. I'm not, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think, but even there, even then there's still ways to mend those fences but if there's ways that we can, like, hey, I, I doubt, I'm having doubts right now. I'm scared. You know, voicing those concerns and addressing them is communication. That's leadership. That's, that's, that's relationship leadership. And re- leadership in general is relationship leadership. That it's, he is, in that sense, if he were to do that, that is establishing relationship and maintaining it through leadership and through uh and through establishing communication. So all those things going together to help break down that spiral. And I'm sure a lot of people have gone through that in relationships where it it's it hits like a certain critical mass. And when it hits that critical mass of distrust, breakdown in communication, now you start going down the road of insults, uh, backstabbing, you know, trying to hurt the other person. And it just goes into a death spiral from there. And it's very difficult, if not almost impossible, to get out of that and reestablish the, the, the relationship and to salvage it and then move back to a place of connection, trust, love, respect, and open communication. So I'll leave it off with that. And uh, let, me not, let me know what you guys think about this episode. Let me, if you guys have seen the movie as well, let me know 
what your thoughts were on the film. And if you also took away those messages of the importance of leadership, the importance of establishing communication, maintaining trust through those areas, and um, really seeing what can happen if those avenues are broken and just how quickly they can be broken. All right, yeah, so with that, we'll be wrapping up today's episode of Engaging Walk. Tune in for Monday as we're going to be going back into our... We're going to be talking a lot more about our uh, the dating series. So on Monday, you'll, you'll, we have a new episode that will be posting on online dating. Is online dating worth the trouble? It's a really great episode that my wife and I did together. It will be available on Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Pandora, and on YouTube. So we love you guys. Thank you guys for tuning in. If you liked our podcast... We are really looking forward to growing this podcast and doing more episodes. Um, if you could do us a great favor and like, follow, subscribe, comment, it really helps us out a lot to know like what our listeners like. And well, we also want to thank a lot of the new listeners that we've got from all around the world. We love you guys. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And um, yeah, so and also if you can let if you have. Uh, folks that you know are in relationships or having they can really use this advice or they just need something to listen to that really speaks to <laughs> you know just everything relationships please pa- uh, pass it forward and let other people know about the podcast all right with that we love you guys thank you guys so much have a beautiful blessed day uh, we're almost about to wrap up january it's pretty crazy but all right with that my name is drake i'm from engaging walk podcast Love you guys. Have a good one.